Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Welcome back to the Raising Rices podcast, where we're here to share our convictions and the character traits that we hope to develop in our family and our kids, the challenges that we run into in this world, and hopefully encourage you in the process. This is season three, episode five. Jump in with us. All right. So we are going to be talking about something that you might have had some interaction with on either social media or in conversations. Um, As you know, we homeschool and we are very passionate about it. If you follow us on Instagram, at Raising Rices, or on Facebook, you'll see that we post about homeschooling a lot. But this topic is about homeschooling and or schooling in general. Yeah, no matter what your schooling is, this is an essential conversation when it comes to what is being taught and what you're teaching your kids. So we're kind of classifying or labeling this conversation today. What is the most important subject in homeschooling or when it comes to schooling? Um, So this thing that I alluded to earlier, this conversation that is happening is that Unfortunately to me and my perspective, I feel like a little bit of nitpicking is happening, but what the conversations are ensuing about is these two um, sentences and people feel like they are at odds with one another, but we're going to kind of talk to you guys a little bit about our opinion on it. And the first sentence is, all that matters in education is my kid's salvation versus what matters most in education is my kid's salvation. Yeah, and what a great kind of conversation to have. But like you're saying, are we getting nitpicky with the verbiage and losing an opportunity to really be in unity because we're saying the same thing? We have the same heart for our children, right? Which is to be saved. So our conviction is this. Everything we learn, teach, and do should always point towards Christ and showing our need and our children's need for a Savior. And we're just going to kind of break down a little bit um, per subject because what we want to show you is that we believe, firmly believe, our conviction is that God is in all Subjects. You've heard us talk about this, right, when we're talking about worldview. Yes. We we talk continuously about how you can't leave your salvation and your belief in the Lord and your, if you want to call it religious belief, you can't leave that in a category all by itself. It impacts everything because it guides your worldview. But this conversation that's happening is there are some people out there that feel like or are concerned that when people use the expression, all that matters is salvation, that they are giving all of their focus to that and they are worried or for these people, I don't know why, we just mind our own business, but <laughs> they are worried that they are neglecting, if you will, different topics or subjects like math or science, which what we want to show you is actually you can do both. 
simultaneously. Right. These things go hand in hand with every topic in school. And so we just want to give some examples to you out of this conviction of ours so that you can start to connect the dots of how you bring your biblical worldview into each subject in school, whether you're homeschooling your kids or your kids are going to school and you're helping them with homework and their education is still a key part of what you're involved in as a parent. Yeah, so let's um, let's start with history. A lot of people can worry that you will not cover current day history. I mean, if you talk about the Bible, I mean, let's just be honest, the whole, the majority of the Old Testament is Old Testament history. Right. And there's New Testament history as well. So if you're considering that, um, an element of history, a lessons, yeah, you got that covered. But let's talk about this like history just recently, you know? And what I think that I have experienced personally when I am teaching my kids history is that there is a world full of sin. There are sinful people leading and making decisions, and those are the things that are recorded in history. Yes, there are some good and beautiful moments, which also should be recognized and given God glory for those moments. But what I think that is important in history is when we look at not only learning from past mistakes, but that the mistakes were made because we are in sin and in need of a Savior. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to apply your biblical worldview, your discernment, your judgment, because all of history is written with this kind of idea of like, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, right? And sometimes it's just bad guys and bad guys. But <laughs> the the point that you're making is that when we use history, we can see not just the men and women of history, but their worldview behind their actions, their sin behind their actions, and often the righteous actions yeah. of good men and women who were seeking to serve the Lord in their impact in in our history. Yes, so much can be learned. And that was a simple, um, quick example of history is learning our need for a savior. But think about, like Darren said, all of the character qualities that could be developed, all of the innovation that has happened that can lead to more innovation for the glory of God. There is a lot. Hello, we want to interrupt this podcast today to let you know that it is brought to you by Heritage Home Family Farm, a Christian family seeking to bring a legacy of flavors to your table. This family is passionate about building the family culture and making homemade with ease. They have a series of spices, loose leaf teas, and baking mixes available to make delicious, clean, and easy homemade food at your table and in your kitchen a possibility in today's busy world. Find out more at heritagehomefamilyfarm.com. Um, let's talk about science. Actually, we've had some incredible conversations about science when we've been out in God's creation. Yeah, huge deal to be able to apply your worldview, apply this idea of what our need for our Savior, what the creation shows us in general revelation about the glory of God, and bring those things together to let the Bible and let the word of God and the truth of God lead and guide our scientific exploration. 
And so while you might not be directly teaching the gospel, you're teaching you, the gospel. <laughs> you are absolutely teaching the gospel and the glory of God and in many cases the results of the fall of creation. Yeah. You know, it's so awesome. We say this all the time that creation reflects the creator. Yeah. And that, you know, all of creation is God's, reveals God's glory. Even in the sinful fallen moments reveals God's glory. One quick example, we had the opportunity um, when we lived back in Oregon, we went hiking at Mount St. Helens and we got to go and um, visit a creation museum um, right outside of Mount St. Helens. And on our way home, the question came up, isn't it sad, you know, that Mount St. Helens erupted and there were some deaths? And we're like, of course that's sad. But let's look about what transpired because of this sad day. You know, what kind of science was revealed to us? What kind of things actually are pointing back to Christ and to God um, about like the flood and about the um, ways that maybe um, rocks and what's that word? Like the geological Geolog- layers. <laughs> yeah. The, it but- might be late at night. Don't <laughs> tell anyone. But it's this fantastic picture that... In tragedy and in shocking geologic events, God reveals more truth about himself and about the world that we live in. And what a great opportunity to reflect on those things. And so you can debate, are, are you teaching only salvation or that salvation matters most? But in this topic of science... The glory of God is shown all around. It's so cool. Okay, all right, Darren, but what about math? Oh, I love math because <laughs> because God is a God of order. Yes. And there is truth and there is untruth. And nowhere do I think that's more clearly demonstrated just objectively than math, than numbers, than the wonderful brains that the Lord gave us to execute these equations and and figures and and ideas with numbers. You know, we haven't even talked about applications. Like, what about, like, the application of these skills? I was just thinking about the boys being able to take, like, the fractions and measurements, and they were out with you building a shed. I mean, you can kind of see where the layers of education really, again, is for God using us, our hands, our brains, all the things for his glory. I always like to think, like, well, what would God desire for your education? God does desire you to know all things he gave you a brain right and but he doesn't want you just to have that head knowledge he wants you to use that knowledge to further his mission yeah i mean from the beginning of time adam was given work to tend in the garden and all the way through to the new testament where paul is talking and he says you know it's it's worse than an unbeliever a man that doesn't work to provide for his family and so in all of those things first corinthians talks about doing all things for the glory of god It is our duty, our responsibility as men and as women to work, to to have a job to do, you know, and I know Mm -hmm. you've talked about in your joyful homemaking podcast about 
the roles of men and women, and we're not going to get sidetracked in that today, <laughs> but it is important that we have outworking of work and in, in producing things and, and sustaining and doing those things for the glory of God, not to exalt ourselves, right. but to apply these wonderful things that the Lord has given us for the glory of God. I mean, you think about like music and art and sports and elective electives, excuse me. Those are all things that the Lord has give giftings in, right. right? And even if you're not the best at it, he still has given you as a way to relate with his creation, with his beauty, with his he is the creator, you right. know? And he wants us to create as well. I think about reading, the subject of reading, like how significant is it for us to work at teaching our kids to read so that they can further their education, so that they can read the Bible? Right. Yeah. You were reading in um, Psalm or no, Proverbs Proverbs, the other day with the kids. And it was this great moment of like, you realize you're teaching them the word of God, one, but then you're also teaching them these literary tools of like personification yes. and all of these types of things. And those things go hand in hand together. And so as you learn to read and you learn about literature and you learn to write then, then those things go hand in hand with learning scripture, understanding scripture, and then making an argument for the truth of scripture or teaching scripture to someone else. It all is in this this big category of literature. And so to be well-versed and, and well-educated in literature, I think, is, is an important thing, especially when it's used for the glory of God. And I think that that's perfect that we've brought up now, like Bible and all those other subjects, not to show that they're individual subjects, but mm-hmm. they really are just like a wheel. If you picture, they all have significance and they all have value. And if one is treated less than the other, then you are you have flat tire. Yeah, it's all lopsided. <laughs> they all work together. And, and the core, the spoke of that wheel is God. They all stem from God. God and God is glorified in all subjects. And so when we say all that matters is salvation, or when others say what matters most is salvation, guys, we're saying the same thing. Right, right. And so it's something that we should be unified over. Yeah. To say, hey, we teach our kids the truth of the Lord through all subjects, and we teach them all subjects for the glory of the Lord. And those things really come together. Yeah, so what kind of character qualities are developed when we have this heart position for our kids' education? I think you just develop an overall biblical worldview. We talked a few weeks ago about applying a biblical worldview, and I think this is another branch of that very practical application where you are teaching your kids in all of these subjects about how they relate to the glory of the Lord. Yes, and what you brought up earlier, and I don't know how you would call this in one word, so I'm just going to tell you the expression that came to mind, is a better understanding of biblical texts. 
you know, um, multiple layers deep to this. You talked about literary differences. You talked about how to um, actually read, you know, like the fundamentals of reading. But then also there is historical context to what you're reading. So I'm, I'm just seeing that it, all these subjects, right, are being brought in to help you the or your kid or and you, and right, you, yeah. <laughs> better understanding of the biblical text. Yeah, it helps you build a good hermeneutic. That's the word, <laughs> man. You're two for right now. <laughs> and in that same sense, though, if you understand the word better, then it helps you to better apply it yeah. to today's world. Especially if we have done the groundwork ahead of time, working with our kids at applying that biblical worldview in all of these subjects, Mm -hmm. then as they become adults and they have to all of a sudden apply a biblical worldview to the art that they watch or the work that they do or the science that they're taught in college, then they're equipped to do those things. Yeah. You know, I really think a character quality that is developed when we view this as a whole, as that wheel like we talked about, is respect for people, creation, and decisions. Um, Let's just think about creation, for example. Respect for taking care of God's creation because of the understanding that God's creation reflects his glory, right? That he made creation the physical world and the life that also lives in this world whether that's animals or people a respect for that a respect for the decisions that you're making because of the effect that they have in all of those spokes of the wheel yeah you know it's interesting you brought up respect for people and so frequently we can be accused in a biblical worldview of having no respect for people or being or putting other people down but really, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to teach your kids a, a biblical worldview of man, of man regenerate in the Lord and fallen sinful man who doesn't know the Lord. And that builds a compassion for people who do hold an alternative view to a biblical worldview because you know that they're just dead in their sins and they're yeah. in need of a savior. And so that is another element where... In building this worldview robustly in our children's education, it gives them that heart of compassion for people who are lost. Ah, compassion. That is really good. And that does, that is a huge character quality. That's awesome. Um, I was also thinking stewardship. Um, when you know who owns all, <laughs> who is sovereign over all, that your money is not your money, <laughs> then you have a different view different appreciation and different stewardship of those things absolutely so i want to summarize too by saying clearly in this conversation we know that we are and our kids prayerfully will be saved by grace through faith alone and that there's no amount of education or good works or anything else that will lead to that salvation And so whether you want to express it, all that matters or what matters most, I think that we can all agree that we're on the same trajectory and we have the same heart for salvation for our kids and to build them up and develop them and give them the tools they need to be a ambassador for Christ 
in this world, this fallen world that we live in, kind of no matter what your eschatological view is, I think it's important that we know that we are raising up warriors for the Lord. Yes. Now, let's talk about some challenges. Clearly, there's always challenges internally about like, am I doing enough for my kid? Am I figuring out how to incorporate all these things? But you know what? There's also, I feel like, an added pressure from the world. And it is used through the phrase, well, you're just indoctrinating your kids. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to say it with an attitude. But that is what I what I've heard myself. And I think that that is truly what people are holding on to as the reason w- against perhaps what we've been talking about today. And I am just reminded, um, I believe, I actually don't remember, you might remember better where it is in the Bible, but it talks, I think it's in Deuteronomy. It talks about how the student will become like the teacher. Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah. So off. Okay, that's three. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm going to start. I couldn't tell you where in Proverbs, <laughs> but yeah, if, if you are, if you're teaching or, or if you're the student, then you become as the teacher meaning right that you are always being taught somebody's worldview oh absolutely there's no neutrality we've talked about this before yes and so i just mean it as encouragement yes like when you hear someone saying you're indoctrinating your kid you would say that's right i am (laughs) i would say don't be all snippy like i would want to be and say well do you want to indoctrinate them then right right (laughs) don't say that you know have grace and compassion like we talked about but 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 the alternative being that they want this the student to like guide their own learning and pick their own path after being presented the plethora of options and I think the the danger in that is, is that we know from scripture that the heart is desperately wicked and that man seeks his own pleasure in yeah. his heart. And that it's just, it's only by the grace of the Lord and by being taught and exposed to the truth and the Lord making that real and true to the individual that they are saved and, and walk in that path mm-hmm. of salvation. And so it's an important thing a biblical command in Deuteronomy yeah. <laughs> that we teach our children the way of the Lord. And we had a great podcast discussion about the age yeah. in which you can then present different opinions. Oh, right? yeah. But that's not at the, that's not under 12. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that, yeah, especially not in those formative, yeah. like truth building years. Yeah. If you have more questions about this, we talked about it in depth last week or two weeks ago. (laughs) And so dig into that. But it it is important to teach them a foundation of truth and then transition them into being able to debate and defend what is the truth. Yes. Another um, challenge that I think that would be more internal, like external was indoctrination, but internal would be... Uh, maybe when you have that expression, like what matters most is salvation, that you could run the risk of kind of compartmentalizing different subjects and overemphasizing the subject rather than the creator of that subject. Yeah, it's important to be balanced, right? right? Yeah. And to make sure that you aren't getting so distracted one way or another that you're not 
pulling those things together, like we've talked about. Yeah. But. So in that, we hope that this is encouraging to you. Yes. We hope that this conversation and our kind of candid discussion about it (laughs) is something that helps you to think about raising your kids, educating your kids, pushing that biblical worldview outside of just the Bible topic, but into all of their education. And that you know that we can be unified in saying that what matters in our children's life is the heart. Yeah. That, that we have a heart and a prayer for our children to be saved. And then to go on and be warriors for Christ, producing and producing good fruit and advancing the kingdom of God. So that's our prayer for you guys. And if you have questions, you're always welcome to reach out to us. Follow us along on Instagram or on our website and our blog. We would love it to answer any questions that you have. Yep. We pray this is an encouragement to you and furthers you in your walk of raising households that serve the Lord. We'll see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.